Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, welcome back to episode 162 of Two Drunk Brothers and the podcast. Again, coming at you, just one drunk brother. Um, Jarrett, obviously, still on baby duty. He's out uh, on the IL 60-day. No, I'm kidding. I don't know how long he's going to be out. But he is out for the foreseeable future. So um, we are going to have an episode, not just me. We got a special guest We'll introduce in just one second. We're going to talk about uh, NFL draft grades, uh, kind of recap our mock draft from we did last week. Um, we are also going to talk about some NBA playoffs, some stuff going on in the MLB, and then a big UFC card, UFC 274. We'll give you our best bets for that. So without further ado, our anonymous guest. What's going on? Not much. How's it going, man? Yeah, I can't even keep it. I can't even keep it straight anymore. Uh, you probably read the headline of the episode, so it is Ethan Short. Ethan, what's going on, man? Not a whole lot. Yeah, I don't even know if people could understand <laughs> me with that voice, but we were just playing around with the uh, microphone settings that I have on my end, so thought it'd be funny to give it a try. Don't know if anybody's could... gonna laugh, but uh, we sure did. So <laughs> I could totally hear what you said. It's just Amazing. so funny because you sound like. Uh, I mean, it's the the stereotype. Nothing stereotypical. It's literally. Like the move, like the the narcotic shows. Whenever you got like a drug dealer that they don't want to show their face, <laughs> where they're it's like, exactly they're still like wet's the only thing that you can see, and then they're yes. walking in the background. Yeah, also makes me think of a trivia murder party. If you've ever played Jackbox, ah, uh, so, you did sound like that a little bit, but a little less of excitement in the tone. But yes, uh, <laughs> yeah. So we uh, <laughs> we're gonna recap uh, first thing. We're just gonna get into it just because. Uh, the, the freshest thing and kind of what we talked about last week, our NFL draft grades. Uh, first of all, our mock draft was kind of thrown off. Literally everything kind of got flip flopped and Trayvon Walker skyrocketed literally then like the night we, we recorded our mock draft. So yeah, Trav, I think you said it best yourself. Had we recorded the mock draft the next day, I think that we would have gotten our first two picks, right? Hmm. Which would have absolutely and I mean, our picks from four to six. So yeah, we we would have. No, I thought we ended up getting. Was it only four? It might have been five. It might have been five. I know for sure. Either we way, four. But it was really tough draft to get. Uh, I knew we probably going to weren't. We weren't probably going to break our record of seven just because of how everything was going to be. People trading around and especially with that Trayvon Walker shit. Uh, some things kind of went haywire, but uh, we we did do well. We put out some some draft picks for you guys on the Patreon. Those went solid. Uh, the mock draft was all right. But we're going to give you guys our draft grades. So first off, we have who had the best draft. So we're each going to give you our top three in the grade uh, that we're going to give them. Um, I, I have some 
some extra ones. So Ethan, I'll let you lead it off and tell me who not, you don't not necessarily had the best draft, but one of your top three. Yeah. And I was going to say too, I think the three that I have other than one of them, I think one of them we both might have, and I know a lot of people did have, but the other two I think are kind of bold picks, but the first one is the New York jets for me. They all around might've had the best draft. Now, you can look at it and, you know, in the second round, it's like, why did they draft Brees Hall when they have Michael Carter? But I think that that's a really good, I mean, you get the best running back in the draft and it's hard to have a bad draft, in my opinion, when you have four picks in the top, whatever it was, 36 and three in the first round because they traded up. Um, but when you get a guy like yeah. Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, who a lot of people argued was the best wide receiver in the draft, then you go out and get Jermaine Johnson and then Brees Hall. Um Really hard to argue that that's that's not a an A minus draft. I, I don't know if I can give it an a, an A plus just because um, even though they're great picks, like I said, Brees Hall. Do you, do you need him? But obviously, if he's there and you have yeah. to take him, so I think that that's the only thing hindering an A plus because I think they probably could have went elsewhere, especially with a team who has a lot of pieces to add. Like they are, a, they were a rebuilding team. I mean, I still think they're not quite to the level that everyone is expecting them to be at the season. Like people are like, Oh, they're finally out of this purgatory of being bad. Let's see how these guys perform first. Cause you got to remember that they are all going to be rookies, but yeah, like they got Ahmad Gardner and Garrett Wilson. I think they are the best players at their position, but they actually got them at the second taken at each position. Cause Derek Stingley was taken before Gardner and uh, Drake London was taken before Garrett Wilson. And then you obviously have Jermaine Johnson who fell just way back to them. Uh, so those are, that, that is great. I also, I had them on my board as well. Um, and, and for the same reasons and for, with the same grade only because of that breeze hall pick my next, or I guess my next one, uh, I have the Baltimore Ravens uh, on my board. I'm not sure if you do as well. I don't, but I, I intentionally left them off because I knew, or I had a feeling that you were going to put them on there. So, yeah. Uh, obviously, they got Kyle Hamilton in the first round, who kind of filled, not even necessarily, they didn't have a crazy need for a safety, but Kyle Hamilton was just that talent that you can't pass on, especially at 14. Um, so, that that's a good pickup there. They also traded back into the first round, got Tyler Linderbaum at 25, who we talked about on the, on our uh, mock draft, who might be one of the best center prospects, uh, you know, in the up and coming yeah. years, if not that we've, that we've seen in, you know, recent decades. And that was like their big, that was their big need was a center. So it was good for them. They picked up David Ojabo in the second round, who everyone's not sure how he's going to recover from his injury, but first round talent, nonetheless, not, only that they got Travis Jones, defensive tackle from UConn in the third, and they got Daniel Butcher's last name, Falele, <laughs> uh, the offensive tackle who was a top, who's the tenth rated offensive tackle, got him in the fourth round. So uh, the, I think they crushed this draft. I'm gonna give them as well. Uh, I'm gonna give them an A minus just because you can't give everyone an A plus. There's always some some things you could have done better. Right, and you know, you look at it too, and they got Tyler Linderbaum from the Marquise Brown trade. And if you, if anybody wants to sit here and argue that Marquise Brown is first round talent, you're going to lie to me. So yeah. the fact that you can trade Marquise Brown for a guy like Tyler Linderbaum, I think is a huge win for them. And honestly, a loss for the Cardinals. So. Yeah. I mean, 
I don't. I think what they were doing. I think they had to have known that the DeAndre Hopkins thing was coming down. The hammer was going to be brought down on him before it was publicly, which is why they traded for him. Uh, but even then, to replace DeAndre Hopkins for six games, you know, you lost Christian Kirk too. I mean, Marquise Brown has has some big shoes to fill. Yeah, no, he definitely does. And and you're right. I think with the DeAndre Hopkins news now. It makes a lot more sense, but right. on draft night, I was just, I was, at a, I mean, they want Rondell Moore to be a part of their future. They have Andy Isabella, who's not, you know, he's not Christian Kirk and he's definitely not DeAndre Hopkins, but just was a confusing trade. But now it makes a lot more sense. Well, especially because if that's what they were going for, if they wanted that style of wide receiver, they could have, you know, stayed in that spot, drafted a guy like uh, like Sky Moore or one of the shiftier wide receivers that were still on the board. And then you get him in the first round. So he's going to be on a rookie contract and you're going to get him for five years. So kind of a questionable call to me, but especially when you're getting a guy like Marquise Brown, who I'm not saying he's bad, but he has that known like stigma of dropping balls like crazy. Yeah, no, I agree. I I think the Ravens were a good a good uh, winner for sure. I didn't have them on my list, like I said, because I thought you might, and I kind of wanted to expand a little bit on some other teams, but I wholeheartedly agree with that that rating and that decision. So, All um, right. Who do you, who yeah. you got next? I'll jump into my next one. It's I think, a, I think my next two are surprising ones. They might surprise some people, but uh, my next one's the Eagles. I think that, and it's from three big names. It may not be their draft as a whole, but one, they traded for A.J. Brown. That right there is a huge win. Um, I don't think that they necessarily gave up a whole lot to get him. So to be able to get AJ Brown when they probably were going to go receiver anyways. Now, granted, you just talked about it with Marquise Brown. You're not getting somebody on a rookie deal. You might have to pay him out. They did pay him out. I excuse yeah. me. So they paid him out. So they had to sacrifice that sacrifice the cap a little bit, but um, at the same time, you're getting a talent like AJ Brown. That's hard to argue. They also got Jordan Davis, which I think was, um, a really good pick for them at that spot. And then the value that they got for all injury concerns aside for Nicobe Dean at 83 yeah. overall is mind blowing to me. I, I, I mean, obviously his injury stuff, but I'm like, still like teams got to take a gamble on him. Cause if, if he were, if he recovers just fine, he is top five defensive player in this draft and you got him in the third round. Uh, don't know much about the center or their center needs who they got in the second round. The Jordan Davis pick for me, like, yes, he is good. He is a great talent. It's going to be how much his motor is going to be able to keep up in the NFL. Cause I know we had some, not really issues, but he's not an every down player. He's not a three yep. down player. So if they could, if they could utilize him right and they use him in the right spots, yes, he's going to do great for him. Don't yeah, hate he, that. <clears throat> I was going to say, when you got a guy that size, it's, gonna be hard to keep your motor moving right i mean for 16 huge. games a year 17 <laughs> games a year excuse me um what are what's yeah. what was your final grade on them just a b i i'm not gonna b. give it super high rating and you know granted it may not again like you said we're not talking top three winners in the draft but just winners in general i think they won the draft as opposed to losing it but definitely not an a rating or even a b plus i'd go b with them all right Fair enough. My next team, and this might come into a surprise too, uh, because a lot of people were shitting on this team, but my next team up is the Seattle Seahawks. Is that your next one? 
That was indeed my last one. <laughs> that was my last uh, so, one. Go ahead. So there we go. We got one, two. What would that be? We both shared one and we both had uh different ones. So, uh, yeah. But I think everyone was kind of like, oh, how can you not take a quarterback? You know, maybe because they know that they need to build some other pieces of their team in order for a quarterback to succeed. Not only that, but everyone knew this wasn't the year to take a quarterback. So after they passed on one and the second round, after they had back-to-back picks, and they're like, oh, maybe they might take one in the third round. No, but that's fine because they built a better team. They got Charles Cross, who was arguably one of the better offensive tackles that probably would have come through uh, in, in other drafts if it weren't for Ikanwu and uh, Evan Neal. Then, then they got Boye Mafe, who's the outside linebacker out of a very good Minnesota team early in the second round. And then followed up with the back-to-back pick of Kenneth Walker because we all know they have incredibly, incredibly bad running back history in terms of getting injured. So one might as well get not necessarily he – might, he might be the best, but a great talent in this draft. Um, and then, you, I mean, you can't pass up these next two picks. Abraham Lucas, another top – uh, tackle prospect in the third round and then uh kobe bryant kind of crazy but hey uh a quarterback out of cincy r.i.p mamba uh quarterback out <laughs> of cincy who had i mean cincy one of the, the first non-power five team to make a college football playoff and you're taking a corner off that amazing defense so i think they had a great draft i'm gonna give them uh a b plus in terms of addressing needs you may call me crazy, but outside of a quarterback, they got everything they needed. I no, I that my notes, you pretty much nailed it. I said that it might be a bold pick for some people who think they should have taken a quarterback, especially with Malik Willis still being there in the second round. But with all the things I've seen people saying about how the Seattle Seahawks are in a rebuild mode, if you truly believe they're in a rebuild mode, then this is a successful draft for you because right. you grabbed offensive line talent that you needed to help build around that offense you grabbed some really good uh defensive backs and some really good linebackers and then worst case scenario you built an offensive line for drew lock to try to help him be successful as well he's already got the receiving talent there and then you also gave him a weapon in the backfield and kenneth walker who you're right with chris carson those guys who can't stay healthy to save their lives um not a really bad piece to have on the back burner that you can pull out of the i believe they got him in the second round correct it's you know it's hard to argue yeah. the draft and to grab a guy like kobe bryant who a lot of people said was one of the best cornerbacks in day two to for him for them to be able to grab him along with all the other talent they got it's to me that's a no-brainer win for the seattle yeah Seahawks it it blows my mind how people are just like hating on them and like okay cool whatever if you don't trust in Drew Lock that's fine but rebuilding for next year and the following year because if they if they're bad this year which granted yeah they could be we're Drew Lock stands but you know if he has a bad year that's fine there are a couple different quarterbacks that they could if they're not in the position trade up to get in that position next year um, and then you look at. I mean, there's still Baker Mayfield out there if he if they wanted to trade for him. So the options are there. I think they did a great idea because they they did what all the other teams that need a quarterback don't do is that they're trying to rebuild before they get a quarterback. Whereas yep. everyone else is like, oh shit, we need a quarterback. We're going to get one and then not protect him. Exactly. Trevor Lawrence, <clears throat> Zach Wilson, all those guys, Justin Fields. So you know that the. The quarterback is the most important position. I think we all get that. But if you can't build a team around them, they're not going to be successful. 
Exactly. Exactly. So I like our I like our best drafts. We really, really did went a different route uh, than a couple other kind of best drafts that I've seen. Now let's talk about worst drafts. Um, since I stole your last one on best, who do you have for your worst one of your worst drafts? I think you already know, and we can both talk about it together and kind of give our points, but it's the Patriots, man. That's Dude. that's horrendous. I don't care what people say about Bill Belichick and his mind as a drafter or whatever, if he's even the one making the decisions. But my point is, is sure, 24 years ago, whatever it was, he drafted Tom Brady in the sixth round. What has he done since then in the draft that you can call him such a generational drafting talent? Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Cole Strange, that's insane. That's insane to me. It's a guy, and hear me out. This is my thought process. And if it's crazy thought process, then so be it. If you think that Cole Strange is a guy who might be a perennial pro bowler, Hall of Famer someday, cool. That's great. He still would have been there in the third round. He might have even been there in the fourth round. So then you draft him then, and then if he becomes a pro bowler, all pro, Hall of Famer, then you could say, look at this guy I got in the fourth round. And then you use that right. first round pick for someone else who might also be a pro bowler. Like It blows my mind because while everyone can just like, wow, about Cole Strange. Then you go and look at their pick what they had in the second round. Tyquan Thornton, wide receiver out of Baylor, who would have easily been there in the third, maybe even the fourth round there too, because he was the 18th ranked wide receiver. And they the traded up to get him. And the 117th ranked overall player in this draft, and they took him at pick 50. And they traded up to get him. They traded two of their picks away to get him. Just makes no sense. And then I, I don't. <laughs> Bailey Zeppi is that what it is or Zepp? Zappy? Zappy. Thank Zappy. you. Also, just a questionable, questionable like, pick. Yeah, you're in the fourth round. You're one of the. It's in the end of the fourth round, but like there is still some hope and holding out and forgetting a, a good player in the fourth round. Like, okay, I get sixth, seventh, whatever you might want to take quarterback, but like, what do you, you just drafted a quarterback. I know that you're not really looking for much, but in Bailey Zappi, you had like led the NCAA in passing yards, but come on or passing touchdowns. It doesn't make questionable, sense. terrible, and terrible. What do you, what do you give their grade? I, I almost want to say F, but I'll give it a D just because. And I wanted to make one more point, too. I don't know if you saw. They drafted two running backs. Two running backs. They have Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, and they drafted two running backs. South Dakota State and South Carolina. Yeah, I just don't understand their thought process. All righty then. Well, you know what? 
That's great because I love to see the Patriots fail. I'll give them a D minus because I think that they just did horribly and just addressing not even if you're not going to address your needs, which they did kind of address some needs, I guess, but they're usually a team that if no one's there, they're going to go BPA and that's exactly what they did not do. Uh, so whatever I'll, I'll take it though, I guess, cause I like to see them, uh, do bad since I'm a Dolphins fan. Next up I have, and I don't know if this is going to shock anyone. I have the Atlanta Falcons. I didn't I have them, but I like that. I like that pick. Um, if you're going to take a wide receiver, uh, with your eighth pick, that's fine. I think Drake London was the absolutely wrong one to take, especially there. Uh, he's not the best the best wide receiver in this draft class. As a matter of fact, I think he is not even in the top three. Uh, Garrett Wilson's better. I think Jamison Williams, just talent-wise, is leaps and bounds better than probably everyone if he can recover yeah. properly. Chris Olave's better. Yeah. Uh, the fact that they took him at eight whenever – right now they have Marcus Mariota thrown to him. <laughs> Uh, don't I just don't love it. They could have they could have traded back. Imagine uh, taking or even just taking Jamison Williams in that spot, and then he's out for six years or six, six years. <laughs> he's out for six weeks. Whatever you throw this season away, develop him after his six weeks, and then next year you draft a quarterback. You got Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, Jamison Williams. Yeah, deadly, deadly. Yep. So that's a big risk at number eight. Um, outside of that. To, <laughs> I'm not really sure what they're thinking with the Desmond Ritter pick. Yeah. And not, not with Malik Willis still being on the board to me, that didn't make any sense. Now had Malik Willis been gone. Sure. Don't hate that pick at all, but he was still there. So, yeah. And I, it, it, it baffles me because he is obviously nowhere near pro ready. Uh, yeah. He, he did fine at Cincinnati for them, but he, I think he's going to struggle in the NFL just from, from seeing him play a lot in college. Cause I watched a lot of Cincinnati games. I don't think he is there like their next quarterback. So taking them with their first pick in the third round was kind of ugly. And then an inside linebacker from Montana state. And then what the Arnold Abiquetti pick, not terrible, but just their draft overall. I didn't like it. I'm going to give them a C minus. Yeah. I, I don't hate that at all. And I agree. I, I think along the lines with the Patriots, some questionable picks, just not near as bad as the Patriots. It's still not great. Yeah. All right. Next up, who you got? I have the Minnesota Vikings. And it's not necessarily because of who they picked, but what they did during the draft. And what I mean by that is they gave the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers traded both of their picks or traded their picks to both of those teams, which resulted in two higher talent wide receivers for both of those teams. Jameson Williams went to the Lions off of a Vikings trade in the middle of the draft, and then Christian Watson goes to the Packers um, off of a trade for them as what well. What are you trading picks for inside your division? Exactly. that, And that is the sole reason why I think I felt like they lost this draft, because you just put two. Now, we we might not be Christian Watson believers. I still want to see how he does with Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. I, uh, I'm kind of with you that I don't agree. I know on draft night we talked about it, why, why that was their pick, why they didn't take somebody at 22 or 28. But you still can't trade within your division to give somebody a talent on the offensive end when you need to build your deep. You now you have these corners that you're drafting that have to go up against these guys twice a year in total four times because you traded to two of your teams in your division. 
Yeah. And if you, I mean, if you want to trade them picks throughout the year, like when you're just in a, in a regular trade uh, for like players and whatnot, you even pick that's fine, but not on draft night. So I, uh, I don't mind that at all. Yeah. Um, I just give them a C it's not a, it's not well, they do, I mean, they draft, addressed but... all their needs. Correct. They did a great job of doing that. Yeah. But the strategy, questionable, especially in that division. Yep, uh, I agree. It's always very competitive. So. And C might be I a little like harsh it. because they did address a lot of their needs, but I'm just going to give them a C purely because of the decision-making that they had. And my next pick kind of goes along with the same, not necessarily trading, uh, but decision-making. My next one is um, the Washington Commanders. Didn't like their draft. If you're going to go wide receiver, you're really going to take Jahan Dotson at 16. I thought that was a huge reach. Uh, I know wide receivers were flying off the board, but if you really wanted one, once you saw them starting to go, you could have traded uh, up, which I think they did. But they didn't, I think they, they did. Didn't tra- they didn't trade up far enough. Yeah. Um, or no, they traded back. I'm sorry. Because they were 11. They yep. traded back. You're right. So, you're right. You're, they they kind of shot themselves in the foot even more yep. by taking a wide receiver. And it's like, oh, we just traded back and got uh, one of the worst wide receivers we could have gotten in the first round. So I didn't I hate think, that. Or I, I didn't think love Chris Olave went at 11 too, I believe. I, I know a receiver went at 11. So the fact that they traded out and either Chris Olave, I know it wasn't Jameson Williams because he went to the Lions. And then there was a third receiver that went, because they went 10, 11, and 12. Either way, yeah, it had to have been because Garrett Wilson was ten. Yep. Uh, so yeah, and and I heard, all right, I heard uh, Todd McShay was saying that the Washington Commanders really liked Chris Olave, so could have taken him there. <laughs> it does not make a lot of sense. And then um, in second round, they got a defensive tackle out of Alabama. Cool. Third round, take a running back out of Alabama, Brian Robinson Jr. Why you have Antonio Gibson? Uh, fifth round, they take Sam Howell. I, unless you're planning on using him, you just you just traded for Carson Wentz. Yep. Very questionable draft at, at best. I'll I'll give them a C plus just because they addressed some of the needs, but did a very poor job in doing so. Yep. I I agree. I think that that's another one of those that didn't make a lot of sense. If you want a receiver, why are you trading your pick away? to then draft a receiver later of right. talent and then taking Carson Wentz's replacement the same year that you got Carson Wentz also doesn't quite make a lot of sense. But If that's even going to be his replacement. I know it's not a crazy like, oh, we spent a lot on this was a fifth-round pick and you got a guy who fell because of all the quarterback sides. Can he pick it fell? Uh, but still, it is what it is. Uh, last last worst draft grade because you, you took the Patriots and I had them too. So who do you got? Yep, and I actually uh, I have two, but one of them's just kind of a joke. It's not an actual grade, so I'll give you my serious one first. And it's Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears because they took zero offensive linemen until the fifth round, and they did not draft a single receiver, I believe, until the seventh round for a oh, team no, who's no. they drafted one in the third, but it was Valus Jones Jr. from Tennessee, who I don't even know who that is. I thought he went later, so that's my bad. But either way. You have your receivers are Byron Pringle, um, and now my mind is escaping me. It's the one who's Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney, thank you. Um, as your top two receivers, and really not a whole lot of talent behind them. Um, and then your offensive line was horrible last year, at least in my opinion. I don't think it was very good. The run game picked it up a little bit towards the second half of the year, but 
that offensive line just wasn't good. And from somebody who watched a lot of NFC North games, um, you didn't do anything to help Justin Fields in his second year. Whole, what I'm assuming is leading that offense for the Chicago Bears. So don't think that was a great draft for the Bears all around. Um, I'll give them a C just because I don't think that their draft was horrible, but it didn't, they didn't address building around their supposed to be future franchise quarterback. So that's what I have for them. And then, and then my joke uh, I put in here was one of the losers. So we, we said the New York jets were a winner of the draft, but a loser was their social media team. And I don't know if you saw this Trav, but after the draft, after the draft the other day, they have a roster now that consists of Connor McGovern and Connor McDermott, offensive linemen. Some of these people were already on the team, so I'm going to repeat some names who have already been on the team. But Connor McGovern and Connor McDermott, Brees and Bryce Hall, Bryce Hall and Bryce Huff, Quinnen and Quincy Williams, and two <laughs> Michael Carters, all on that team. That is a social media and broadcasting nightmare for anybody no, for trying to though. cover that team. That's just the amount of guys that have similar or the exact same name. Just good luck if you're trying to cover the Jets this season, anybody out in New York. But uh, I just thought that was funny. I saw that on TikTok, actually, and I couldn't couldn't uh, pass up on the opportunity to share that with you all. So That is funny. <laughs> I like that. Um, next, we're, we're not going to cover on this too long because I know we, we've kind of done a lot and the draft was now a week ago. But uh, give me give me a couple of the guys who you thought was like, holy cow, I can't believe you fell that far. Yeah, I mean, I think the first one for me, and really I, the only one I actually like have that really stood out was just uh, N'Kobe Dean. I get the injury concerns, but, you know, in our mock draft, we had him going, what, top 15? And I don't remember well, I think exactly. Took, but... I think it was in the mid, or might have been early 20s, but yeah. Okay. I mean, we had, yeah. still had him going in the first round. First round pick, and he goes 83rd overall. Just shocking to me. Um, yeah. That's really the only one that, I mean, I know there were a bunch, but just... For me, that think, was one that stood out. Yeah, that one stands out. My the one that stands out to me a lot is the Jermaine Johnson uh pick because Sean had taken him at a top was it top ten? I think it was still top ten. It might have been uh, overall in our mock draft. Um and then he falls obviously in the late twenties, which hey, that could be a steal for the Jets. But yeah, that was the big one to me. There were some others I had in there that were kind of like obvious or head scratchers, but the one that stands out, especially in the first round, was him. Um, and then we'll talk about uh, one of the teams that you thought reached the most or player that you thought got drafted the highest outside of Trayvon Walker because we all know that he was not number one overall pick. Yeah, yeah, and and that's obvious. I think that was an obvious one. And you and you can't throw out Cole Strange. <laughs> See, not, now you're taking away my uh, my talking points because – that's, I mean, I couldn't ignore that team that reached the most. And even outside of Cole Strange, the Patriots just, they reached on almost every pick, it felt like. Because you're right. right. The wide yeah, receiver, I mean, they, they reached a lot. The, yeah, just no, makes no sense to me. The quarterback they took, uh, Zappy, and then Thornton, I believe it was the wide receiver that they took. All those guys were reaches. All those guys they could have gotten even a round later, if not two rounds later, didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I'll, I'll tell on myself a little bit, and I should say my team is the uh, Quay pick for 22. Um, a lot of people had him in the first round. I thought about that, but I'm like, he was talented. I know he's obviously not, he wasn't even the most talented linebacker on that team, but 
that, that defense was insane. Yeah. So. And, and I didn't hate the pick. I just, I do think that it could have been a bit of a reach, especially with the, the higher needs that I felt like they had being a Packers fan and really wanting to see them get a top tier wide receiver. And like I said, maybe Christian Watson is that guy. I don't know. So, but yeah, I have, I have two and they're both wide receivers. I think I'm not really going to call it too much of a reach more than I just didn't like the, I didn't like the Christian Watson pick. Uh, we've seen a lot of player. I mean, say we've seen a lot, but it doesn't just doesn't seem like those guys uh, from FCS schools really end up being a whole lot, which, Hey, I mean, hope to you not shitting on your team. Dolphins. Did horrible, <laughs> so I hate the Dolphins. Draft. To, to be yes, fair though, the Dolphins in the third round. Yeah. I was about to say they didn't have anybody to <laughs> the third round. So they didn't pick to the third round, but at the same time, uh, I hated their draft. But yeah, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, you, you mentioned the, in our text that we were talking back and forth, like, yes, yeah, Sky Moore doesn't play that much competition. He doesn't, you're right. Uh, but I, I didn't think they needed a, a big guy. Yeah. And so I didn't like that, fair, but Maction is a little shit. more pat, impactful than uh, D2, D2 football. So it's, it's D1, <laughs> or it's FCS. Sorry. Yes. FCS. D1, but FCS. Um, but I'm a shit on a, a different team that picked a wide receiver after you. I'm a shit on, I think, maybe one of the worst picks. Not one of the worst picks, but one of the ones that stood out to me was the Giants later on in the second round, uh, 11th pick, uh, Wandale Robinson from Kentucky, yeah. uh, who was the 14th ranked wide receiver, and they took him over John Mechie, um, yep. George, George Pickens, Pickens yep. Alec Pierce, Sky Moore, Took him over all those guys, and they take the 14th ranked wide receiver, 80th ranked overall player. Uh, that really for a team that's, that needs some wide receiver help, I thought that was pretty horrible. So, without further ado, that is our draft talk that wraps it up until next year when we again will have Mr. Anonymous on um, the podcast for that. At- and- Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tret Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Always happy to be back. <laughs> and Jared, I knew you were fucking with something. <laughs> and Jared will be back for that one, uh, we think. So we hope. With, without further ado, let's uh, talk about a little bit. Just kind of some NBA playoffs. Uh, most all the game ones are over with. We're into the game twos right now. Uh, we'll talk about the series that is the game that's currently going on, the one that finished first on Sunday night. The Bucks Celtics. Ethan Celtics fan got handled game one, but uh, as of right now, game two is just like completely flip flopped and then some. Yeah, and I think what's crazy is they obviously don't have Marcus Smart tonight, the defensive player of the year, but. 
you know, I've been watching the Celtics team a lot this year, obviously, and they have the number one ranked defense in the league. And I think that that showed up tonight. And I don't think it showed up in game one because I don't think they were ready to handle Giannis. And now granted Giannis is kind of showing his colors tonight. I'm sure you all will see when you hear this either tomorrow or when you, when you listen, what the final score ends up being. But as of right now, Giannis hasn't looked great. The Bucks overall haven't looked great and the Celtics are missing their best defensive player. So Game two is a bit of a head scratcher for me as a fan. I love to see it, but just, you know, coming into this podcast tonight, some of my talking points were that if the Celtics don't win tonight, they're not winning this series and they might get. Oh, it was a must win game but, at home. Yeah. Uh, which I mean, they, they did their job. I don't know if, I mean, the Bucks are going to have to recoup. I still think the Bucks will win. will somehow find a way to win this series. I just really do. I think that, uh, well, I, uh, well, I do shit on Giannis a lot. I think that he is an impact player that might be hard to stop. Granted, tonight when it is like not really do, do or die or like kind of stomp on their throat, but that's kind of what it was, and they just did not come out at all. So that being said, I think the Bucks win. However, the, I know the Celtics when they turn it on, they're a very, very hard team to beat. Very hard. Yeah, team. but they're very inconsistent. They are, and I think the biggest thing for me is. I also, I mean, obviously as a Celtics fan, I think they're going to pull it out, but I also, from a realistic standpoint, know that especially if Marcus Smart doesn't come back, that this series could easily be over in five. But I think this series goes seven, but I think the Bucs get the edge. You know, they're the defending champions. They have the talent there. I don't think Chris Middleton is coming back this series, but if he does, I think that's even more so just a reason that the Bucs might run away with this series. Yeah, if it goes deep and he comes back, it'll be in trouble. Um, next up, let's talk about the Golden State Warriors versus the uh, Seattle Seahawks of the NBA. The Memphis <laughs> Grizzlies. I mean, these guys, they don't know how to play how to play a game that's not close. And comes I, I have one note here that just says, I think the Grizzlies are hopeless unless they can play a consistent four quarters of basketball. They played in game one, John Morant, John Morant and Jaron Jackson – Played incredibly. Clay had a very, very, very cold game. Draymond got ejected at halftime or for half the game, and they still lost yep. at home. Yep. So I mean, it is. I think Warriors in five. I think the Grizzlies will scoop one, but yeah, yep. they're hopeless. But they don't know. They don't know how to play a game and either lose by a lot or win by a lot. They can't do it. Yep. And as much as I hate Draymond Green, I just I just really don't like Draymond Green. I I like Curry, and I know that. We're all getting tired of the Warriors. I am too. But that but talent on that roster is just it's unreal. It, it's kind of crazy because you could say, I mean, not really even you can say it, it comes down to it that Clay Thompson's the difference maker of that team. Look what they were last year. Yep. And then now look at them. It's yeah. insane with, with Clay back. So, yeah, I, I, I've kind of warmed up to the Warriors after they kind of took their their time and, and kind of cooled off. I'm, I like Clay Thompson. It's hard to hate that guy. So I do too. I like, I mean, Hey, did me and Travis wear golden state warriors jerseys <laughs> on the beach in 2015 during spring break? The world may never know, but uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't hate the warriors. I just, I think I'm, I've gotten tired of them, but yes, I do think a little bit of a reset after the down seasons they had. So yeah. PCB 2k 15. <laughs> Uh, two more game, two more series to talk about. 76ers heat. Uh, the, this game, this, this first game one pissed me off. The pick we put out 
for on the Patreon yesterday was Heat first half. Uh, they yep were covering at the end of the first quarter, got blown out in the second quarter, and then would have covered obviously if they just would have done what they did in the quarters one, three, and four. But the one that mattered the most, quarter two, <laughs> they choked it away. I don't think the series. Uh, I think it's over in four. Uh, four? Yeah, I really do. I think I, I think Embiid, Embiid comes back and they snatch a game. If Embiid comes back, yes, I I don't disagree with that. But man, James Harden just does not look like the player he used to be. It's just it's hard to watch. What it is, James Harden. He's he's slow on the court right now, which you know he can't hit those those floaters, those drives that he used to make because he's not quick off the off the dribble. So guys are catching up to him, and he can't he can't make those plays. He can't dish the ball as well as he used to. So I don't know. We'll we'll see, but I I do think that uh, unless Embiid comes back, the the Sixers are also a hopeless team in my eyes. I think they're pretty hopeless, especially since they're going to be missing Embiid for two to three games. I will say Heat and five. I wouldn't be surprised if the 76ers somehow snatch up two games, but the last series, Suns Mavs. I think I thought this was a series in which the Mavericks had a shot after game one. It's over. I think. I think maybe sweet. Something it's hard, poor guy. <laughs> it's hard. I think when I look at it for the Mavs, when you've only got Luca, and you really don't have much. I mean, Jalen Brunson, Spencer Dinwiddie. I wouldn't even give you like that's that's not even a threat to me. I agree. I, I and like there's no superstar talent around him because Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie aren't superstars. They're playmakers, they're role players, they they have good nights. Like Jalen Brunson can drop 25 on any given night. But then there's other nights where he's going to drop 10. Spencer Dinwiddie's going to turn the ball over six times and they're going to lose by 30. So good teams win, great teams cover. And Spencer <laughs> Dinwiddie had the fucking opportunity to it. cover last night. Wide open. I don't care. If you're an NBA player, you make that shot. Wide yep. open. Yep. I'm pretty sure Luca scored over half their points last night too. I could be wrong, yeah. but I, I'm pretty sure he did. So. Luca, and then uh, who was it off the bench that was popping off? Uh, Maxi Kleber. Yeah, Kleber. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Luca had fucking 45 points. Yeah, and they lost. If you're if you're you have a guy that scores 45 points in a playoff game and the semifinals of mm-hmm. the Western Conference, and you lose, and you lose. that's an issue. That's yep. an issue. So I think Devin Booker back. I mean, obviously he was back uh, in the previous series in the last game, but Devin Booker back. I think that I'd be surprised if the Mavericks win a game. Yeah. I mean, you have your best player that goes off that much and that happened, but we had to talk about some NBA playoffs because we didn't cover it too much. Not going to talk about NHL because it's, it's a little too early and yep. yeah, it gets a little foggy. We do want to talk about Ethan, big MLB head, uh, He's he's followed baseball for ever since I've known the kid. All I know, more than more than us. While we all do love baseball, that is all. That is what Ethan knows best. Um, let's talk about let's talk about some umpiring and fucking MLB baseball because it seems like this has been a, a recurring theme with every sport, but maybe the worst year I've seen so far in MLB in MLB of the umps being this bad. Yeah, it's just it's it's gotten past the point to where it's not even just consistently bad, it's inconsistently bad. You'll have umpires that and I'm not necessarily saying that, you know, they'll call it one way for one team and a different way for another, 
but they'll have one strike zone one night and that same umpire the next time they're the home plate up again will have a different strike zone the next time that they umpire angel hernandez being one of the worst of them and i i cannot stand that guy just watching that game that he called i think it was the phillies mets game i believe it was uh that was just this is a horrendous ball game to watch for all all of the reasons that we talk about missing missing calls that six inches off the plate that pitch to Kyle Schwarber was Dude. nowhere close. Uh, see, okay, that might be one where where we might have some differentiating opinions. I think it was. I'm saying that then it comes down to the fact it's like, oh, if it's close enough, it's still a ball. I think it was a ball, but it was. I think it was kind of closer than what people think. I, I mean, that's I fair. It could have been swung at. I get where you come from. It's like a ball's a ball, strikes a strike. But it, it was it was close. And for yep. an umpire that's notoriously bad, he could have made a lot worse calls. True. True. But, but I, saw, I, I get what you're coming from. I saw his umpire grade that night, and I think it was oh. like he missed on 24% of calls, which is that's one every four pitches you're missing, whether it's a ball or a strike. That's bad as an, a major league umpire. It's just you got to be more consistent. But something that I did see yesterday that I don't know if you saw was the article that was released by Jeff Passan. Um, and essentially he talked about how the strike zone that we see on the TV is not how umpires are graded by their association. So umpires are actually graded with a two inch buffer on the strike zone as an acceptable range for missed calls which isn't a terrible thing. I get it. You can't be perfect right on the line if they're missing just outside of the line or just inside of it. If they don't call it correctly, you got to grade them harshly. But you're supposed to grade them harshly, aren't you? Like they're major league umpires. And so you look at that two inches in every direction, that's 16 square inches of strike zone that you're giving them leeway to. And so it's like, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. And, I, and I'm not, and I'm not saying that they have an easy job because I'm not. I mean, it's a tough job. I've umped before. Um, it's not, it's not easy. It is tough. But then again, it's like that's what these motherfuckers do for a living, oh, right? <laughs> um, and spe- speaking of, you know, umpire scores and umpire grading, you would like this account. I don't know if you've seen them uh, at Ump Scores on Twitter. Yep. That's where I yeah, grab you, it from. Yep, go give them a follow if you're listening. Uh, it's really cool. They they pretty much put out on scores and show you like the balls that they've missed and the strikes that they missed, uh, amount of calls that they missed throughout the whole game. It's really kind of fascinating. So like, for instance, I'm looking at the at the one nothing Cardinals Royals game yesterday. The ump missed nine point eight two percent of calls. Like, yep. that's a lot. Missed yep. eleven out of one hundred and twelve calls. Like, you're missing almost ten percent of your calls. Like, that's a big part of the game. And people look at it and be like, oh, it's just 11 calls. But that any any call can shift the momentum of a game. It can be an impact because it could be an out in a game or a, a walk. Um, any yeah, one play I, can change the entire spectrum of how that game finishes. So I know they're obvi- I know we're obviously not like they're not going to kind of, you know, alter the game to betting. Right. But tonight, for instance, in the second doubleheader game of the Mets and Braves, Bottom of the bottom half of the first inning, Brandon Nimmo had a pitch that was easily a strike. Called the ball, would have been strike three looking. Gets on base. Next guy gets on base. Uh, and then two outs in the inning. And 
Dominic Smith hits a two run double, whereas the inning should yep. have been over because that would have been the third out. And it's like that changes a lot. Granted, I had the freaking nerfy in that game, so it <laughs> fucked me over even extra. But it's like that changes a lot for just literally just one call. You put that one base runner on and changes the whole dynamic of the game. So, New life. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I've just been, I've been seeing it because we've been betting on baseball a ton. And I don't know if it's just because I've been paying more attention or what, but umps have been truly horrendous. Yeah. Um, without that being said, we want to talk, I want to touch a little bit about the, the, these baseballs. Uh, do you know what was done to them? If there was modifications to them just this year or what? I, I don't know specifically because I don't think that the MLB announces necessarily when they alter the baseballs, but it's pretty obvious when they do. Um, just like, I, I don't know if it was last year or the year before I, I can't paint the picture, but was the year when the balls were flying out of the park uh, just a couple of years ago when they altered them. Cause I think for a, the year before that, it was like, dead balls and i think we're back to those dead balls again and you're right it it just doesn't make a lot of sense from a fan perspective from an entertainment perspective and just for for the growing and branding of the game for balls that you know we the game i think you went to the game correct the game i was the cardinals game the, the other day yes three out of four batters in a row it was a four batter stretch three balls were hit to the warning track on swings that on tv at least and i'm sure in person looked like no doubters oh i mean i thought i thought at least two of the four were like gone off the bat like i stood in my chair i was like oh yeah and then like it just doesn't it stops it's like a fucking limited flight golf ball like you can only hit it so far and they just just die yeah. And you know, it's, it's not like we're the only ones that are noticing or even the fans. I, for those of you who aren't Cardinals fans or not in the Cardinals region, Dan McLaughlin is our, our broadcaster for Bally sports. And he spent a good 10 minutes talking about it a few games ago about how it's just super apparent that the balls are dying off the bat line drives. That would have been gappers in the, a couple of years ago, even a year ago now are just kind of dying off the, off the bat and becoming either base hits or outs um, balls that like we just talked about would have been flying out of the park or, you know, been hit on a seam or now getting caught at the warning track or even just in regular play. Um, It's, it's frustrating to watch as a fan because you want to see that stuff, right? Like we watch the game. Home runs are fun to watch regardless. Yeah. Or even just offense. I don't get me wrong as a baseball person. I love a good pitching duel, but I don't want to see it every night and I don't want to see it just because the ball that was hit on a line gets caught in the middle of the outfield. It's just, I, I mean, know. just re- regardless of the team that you cheer for, or whatever you bet on uh, it, you still like to see hits. Like um, we went, I mean, we went to the, the Orioles Yankees game Yep. in Baltimore and it was a low scoring game through five innings. Not a whole lot. There was one home run that was smashed. Granted. Yeah. He fucking destroyed that ball. And then I went to the, uh, the Diamondbacks Cardinals game last weekend and it was two nothing. I'm like, that is just not fun and not good for the game of baseball at all. Yeah. And and I could be wrong on this, but I did see this somewhere and I'm almost positive it's true. But 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. MLB owns the production of the baseballs that are used in MLB games. So they can do whatever they want with those baseballs whenever they want. So I wouldn't be surprised if after all this feedback we see in like mid-June, early July, the baseballs start flying out of the yard again. Because I've also seen rumors, and this is kind of going down the rabbit hole, little conspiracy theory, <laughs> that the that MLB will add juiced baseballs to games that they feel like will get a high viewership. For example, the field of dreams game last year that had, I think seven home runs in that game. Alone. Nuts. Yeah. Just granted short ballpark, short fences. I get that, but just uh, great for the game. You're right. Then, then why not put those baseballs in every game that's played? Or, you know, if you want to meet it in the middle, meet it in the middle, but I, it's just, it's crazy to me that they do. They control that. One thing that I did want to touch on talking about the, the ball issue, um, it is a big issue, and we're seeing that. I don't know if you saw this, but the MLB league average right now is 232, which is one of the lowest it's been through this point in a season in I don't I don't know how long. Um, so it's 232 right now. Ball, I think the ball is a big reason for that. But I do think another reason is just the shortened spring training. You know, guys get that month to really get their timing down. But then I counter that with if we don't start seeing production now, now that it's May, you have you are a whole month in, then it's not just because of spring training. It's not because they didn't get their reps in. It's because either they're struggling or the ball isn't allowing them to hit the ball like they normally would. And then I don't know. Again, it could just be total conspiracy at this point. But you've seen also guys. I'm just gonna throw out Francis team. We watched a lot. Paul DeYoung, who killed it in spring training, and now can't. He seemed to fucking find the golf, the baseball. It's like he's hitting a tic tac. Could that be to the fact that I don't know how much they monitor the equipment coming in that spring training? What if they're using balls that were manufactured last year in spring training? Yep. Don't know. So kind of crazy, but MLB season, uh, I don't know. For some reason, I don't know why I'm a lot more into it this year. It seems like it's been fun, but also at the same time, very frustrating with the umps and the balls. So if you're not an MLB guy, Sorry, but then you suck. Uh, it is what it is. We, we're covering a lot of sports tonight. Yeah, yeah, we are. Uh, thanks, everybody. Thank, thank Ethan for coming on. He'll probably be with me for the next little while till Jerry can settle in with his kid who turned two weeks old today. That's the thing, too. <laughs> he, is, he is weekly old on every night we do the podcast. Feels like he was born yesterday. <laughs> not. Uh, Ethan, you can go grab a drink. Are you I empty? love to grab a drink. I am empty. All right. <laughs> Ethan's going to go grab a drink while I lead into uh big UFC card this weekend, ladies and gents. Uh, 
UFC 274, it is a pay-per-view um, event. We have two title fights, so we're not going to sit here and talk about it too much. Ethan, he while he is decently well-versed in UFC, it is not one of his like super strong points. So if he says something and you're like, wow, that's stupid, then you can, one, go fuck off, two, realize that that is not his forte uh, of UFC. No, it is not. So, but he he has been around the block. We uh, Ethan's been watching UFC since we, me, Jarrett, and him lived in college together, which eight years ago. So, uh, he's been watching UFC for quite some time. Let's just dive into it. We're not going to talk about every single fight. Um, were you able to look into the card, and do you have any best bets out there for us? I do. Um, I took. I looked into it a little bit again. For all of you listening, not a big UFC expert like Jarrett and Travis are. I, when I listen to them talk about UFC, I'm just like, mm-hmm, what bets can I place tonight? Um, but uh, Or this weekend, I should say. But uh, yeah, I looked at a couple. And I think my favorite one so far, and you're probably going to disagree, and that's fine, is uh, Michael Chandler in that fight against, um, and now I'm blanking. Give me two seconds because it's right here. I want to make sure I get this name right without you telling me what it is. Um, <laughs> But anyways, while I look for it, I like Michael Chandler a lot. Uh, and I like the under for that for that fight on rounds, um, which Do I believe was two odds? and a half. I am currently looking up the odds because yeah, I couldn't find fighting? the odds earlier. I do. Tony <laughs> Ferguson. <laughs> yeah. El, which, hold on. El Kakai? Is that right? Kikui. Yeah, you are right. Uh but no, I mean, I like to pick. I was going to say, I thought you just liked Michael Chandler. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's minus 410 favorite. What are you thinking? But <laughs> no, no, uh, no, no, no. no. What do you got? Oh my God. Why can't I find UFC on FanDuel? It's literally just not. It's at you know, one and there a half it is. rounds. It's at one and a half. Oh, I saw it at two and a half earlier. That's fine. Um, that, it that looks like it, it's one of those. It's one of those. Uh, like, I hate when odds like switch like this because even right here it's like you're getting the over at heavy minus value and the under at good plus value it's one of those that could easily flip flop where mm-hmm. if it was two and a half you get the under it you know the minus 165 and the over at like plus 120 plus 140 but do you still like it yeah. at under one and a half i so i'm going to change it up a little bit i because i am a big gambler and when i say gamble i mean i like to take a gamble I really like Michael Chandler to win in round two. It's plus 500. Um, so betting on a specific round, I think round two, I, I was looking at his average fight time and it's right around seven minutes. I I think that he- That is cutting it close for the over win. under one and a half. <laughs> yep, exactly. So winning in round two, um, you know, middle of that. Are they, Hold on, you got you to gotta correct me if I'm wrong. Is it three or five minute rounds? This will be three since it's not a title three. fight. Yeah, that that hurts. I'm still going Michael Chandler in round two, though. I think I like those. No, I mean I like I like that because I don't think it's going to happen in round one because Tony Ferguson's too tough of a motherfucker. But at the same time, Tony Ferguson comes forward like reckless abandon and just eats shots and eats shots. You're only going to be able to eat so many shots from Michael Chandler because the dude is built like a brick shit house. So I don't think he gets it done in round one. But round two, I think if he can connect with him enough later in round two, which is why I agree with you not taking the under. 
Michael Chandler round two plus 500. That's not just TKO. That's just him in round two, whatever happens. That's just him in round two. Yep. If something Michael happens and he wants to relive two. his Mizzou glory days and submit him on the ground. Yeah, and, and I think to jump into that too, it's not great odds, but it's greater than minus 410 is if you wanted a double chance, you could take Michael Chandler by KO or submission at minus 145. So it's not, not terrible, but if you don't think the fight's going to go the distance and you think Michael Chandler is going to win, not, not bad. I like that. that. I like that a lot. First of all, Oh, I touch on it a little bit. I did not think when they announced this fight, I was like, that's going to be a damn good fight to have him. I love Michael Chandler. I hope he wins. I hate mm-hmm. the fact that he's a minus four ten favor. That is yep. insane. insane. I I Tony the, the heaviest favorite of the night, I believe, at least for the main card. So, uh, yeah, it is. I mean, more of a ha- more of a favorite than Rose. The Rose, which yeah. is very blows my mind but i like both those picks so you want to dab a little bit in michael chandler round two and then you could cover your ass with a little bit <laughs> a little bit in uh michael chandler by tko or submission because i don't think he's gonna win by decision no michael chandler fight or tony Ferguson fight really gonna go to a decision especially just given the nature of the two so i like that i'm gonna actually touch on i'm gonna dive right into the, the main event charles Oliveira and Justin Gaethje. While I initially thought, because I hate Charles Oliveira so much, mm-hmm. that Justin Gaethje was going to punch his head off because that's what he does. I find it hard to believe that at these odds, because you're given such good odds with Charles Oliveira in this fight at minus 165, that he is not going to just grapple Gaethje and just roll him on the ground and just beat him there. I don't think he's going to let himself get caught on the feet. Cause he did that to Michael Chandler and almost got fucked. Uh, I don't, and I don't think he's going to let that happen to get you. So as much as I hate it, I'm going to take Oliveira minus minus one sixty five uh, for two units. But with that being said, I would not be mad to lose those two units and see Gates. You win because that's how much I, I don't like Oliveira and I want someone else to hold the belt. So it's kind of, it's, it's a win win really. You win the bet. Or you rather to see someone else take the bet, which I'm okay with until you it's on on that happening. So I like that. Did you have any pick in the main event? I didn't have any specific pick. I just had a couple of touching points and you kind of hit on it is you know, Gaethje, what it looks like is way better standing up than he is on the ground. I'm sure for those of you who follow UFC, you already know that. Um, <laughs> hey, as a, it seems as like essentially hardly any ground <laughs> game. Like not saying yeah, he's absolutely dog shit, but his fights don't go to the ground because he just lands so many significant strikes on the feet. Yeah, but looking at the looking at the matchup between him and Olivier, it almost looks like Olivier's whole game against Gaethje should be on the ground, just based on um, kind of the the head to head and what it looks like, or what it's going to look like. I'm looking at UFC's website and kind of looking at their significant strike rate versus their their grappling takedown average, their accuracy, and it looks like if Olivier is going to win this fight, he's going to do it on the ground. So I mean, 20 um, if, of his 32 professional wins. Exactly. Submission. So it's like, yeah. it's almost a no brainer. I mean, you're not going to outstrike Gaethje. You're just not. So yep. you might as well just, and you see it. We see it a lot with these title fights. We saw with Tyron Woodley. We saw with John Jones, which is mainly when Ethan started getting in MMA and mm-hmm. USC is like these guys that have title fights and title defenses, you just you're not really there for the entertainment anymore rather than how can I defend my belt? And that's yep. what he's gonna have to do. Yep. So 
I like that. I like that pick. Anything else? And I mean, you go early prelims, prelims, main card, and you got anything else for us? Um, I, you know, I'm sure this is no surprise, but I really like Thug Rose in the straw weight title bout. Even at minus 220, I think that that's just hard to not take. Yes, I, I agree. And I think if you wanted to, to try to get better odds, you could. I, I personally like Rose winning by TKO or uh, points, which is minus 120. It's, again, not great. I think the fight could go the distance. Not by submission. But not by submission. I Just for the odds purposes of that. Um, because I think if you do double chance and it's by submission or points, oh, it's minus 110. I take that back. I thought it was uh, higher odds. So that might actually be good. I value. don't know, though. As far as it's good on the ground, uh, you know, she's... It's kind of it's it's hard looking at at these at the women's statistics because just statistically in general uh, a lot of their fights do go to decision but as far as has four knockouts but she's also four and one on the ground by submission so I I don't know if I would take that because Rose it's just tough yeah really it's tough because Rose is like a spider monkey like she can do it all <laughs> like she really can I think that I think she could she could lay some some heavy ground and pound and possibly get her third knockout victory but at the same time she could just suffocate her to death for five rounds and win by points so i like what was that minus 120 for points or decision or tko or points TKO minus 120 yep just tko or tko and points tko and points okay i like that i mean also if you're if you're comfortable Laying the juice at minus two twenty, I don't think there's a snowball's chance in hell she loses to Carlo Esparza. I really don't. No. So, if you're comfortable with, with making some extra coin back off that, even though you have to lay a little bit more juice, go for it. Um, one fight in the I believe this is still in the main card is the Donald Cerrone uh, and Joe Lauzon fight. Uh, I find it hard to believe that Donald Cerrone is still a favorite at this point in his career. Yeah. Minus 175. The dude literally has not won a fight since May of 2019. Wow. It's been three years. He's lost five fights in a row, or technically one of them was a no contest, Nico Price. But, I mean, the dude, the dude's just washed up. Like, what do you keep sending him out there for? Joe Lauzon, who's also, I mean, he's not young. He's 37 years old, but I, I almost just got to take the value with him just at the, just at the, at the price. Sorry. Call me a hater rooting against Donald Cerrone. <laughs> got to do it. That's one. Of, yeah. That's one of my, one of my other picks on the main card. Have a few others, but if you don't have any others, I'm not going to give mine out and I'm going to make people go get them on the Patreon. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't have anything else. Like I said, UFC is not my uh, not my forte, but I wanted to find a couple things for you all that at least I thought from someone who watches UFC and has been watching for a few years, but doesn't really dive deep into it to see what what my hey, thoughts would be from the outside looking in. Don't don't talk down to yourself. You got you got these people <laughs> some good picks because I yeah. I usually don't go into the whole, uh, you know by way or yep. round or anything. So I like that. I, I was just giving everyone, you know, straight up. So Ethan <laughs> gave you some deep dives and those I gave you some straight ups for everything else. Head over to the Patreon, every single pick, every, we put out all the picks. We bet them. Um, Ethan subscribed. So you should too. Without 
further ado or that being said i guess um we've covered everything but nhl going on in the sports world is there anything else you have to add for the people tonight since you're my co-host for the next month i don't think so other than i think if i'm here next week which it sounds like i might be uh i should do the i should get to do the intro because i want to do it just like jared i've got it i've got it in my brain of the all right welcome back to episode right. 163 <laughs> So we just, we just gave you a preview of 163, by the way. Yes. So if you want to take yes. those odds, minus 500. We're just going to take um, that clip and we're going to put it in next episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. So Ethan will be back with us next week, um, unless there's just absolutely nothing to talk about and sports are boring for the next week. May take a week off. We'll let you all know. Uh, that being said, episode 162, your one drunk brother, and favorite guests are out. <laughs> Adios. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.